Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I'm Eric Zempa. And I'm Annie Larner. Hey, Annie, welcome in. It's just the duo today. Yeah. I know, I almost didn't know when to say my name. It was very confusing. It was kind of confusing that I didn't either because I was kind of wondering for, I'm Brady Stevel. So, um, <laughs> but uh, Brady's not with us today. So, yeah, it's kind of sad. No, it's, it's just us. It is a little sad. Yeah. You know, I got to listen to you guys last week. It was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. No, your was, podcast last week when, you know, I wasn't here and I got to listen I to know. it. I know. Yeah. I was uh, on an airplane and it was making the time go by. Let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, you bring the funny. So I, I'm surprised, you know. I so, don't know about yeah. that. I don't know about that. Brady yeah. definitely brings the funny. I maybe bring the laughs. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just kind of like a laughing track. Mostly. No, I don't think that's true. You actually bring <laughs> outdated information. That's why we count on it. So. <laughs> I know there was everything was so accurate last week. What fun is that? <laughs> exactly. Actually, I wanted to ask you, like, how's your weekend been? How's your week been? That sort of thing. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, yeah. we got back from a pretty big trip on the on the weekend and had some jet lag. Took a couple days to recover. I throughout my back on Monday. I think the thing is I turned 36 and then like a day later I threw out my back. And I think, I think that's what happens. You just get just, to this point. It yeah, was kind exactly. of my birthday present to like, let me know I'm getting older. It was, you know, it was just because I sat on a plane for a while and you sit uncomfortably and you're a little stiff, you know, and then the next day I kind of stretched and I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm not moving. Yeah. It's Darn. stuck. Yeah. So, so where did you, can you relax. tell our listeners where you were or is it a secret or yeah, was it? No, we were, we took our family over to Germany for a wedding. We had a wedding. Oh my gosh. Wonderful. Yeah, it's good. It Brady's not here because he'd wax poetically about Germany for about four hours. So that's good. I know. So, yeah. I know. We'd hear all about the time yeah. he and his wife lived in Germany and the food they would yes. buy down the street and the gluten exactly. options and yeah. all that. But we didn't, we won't get to hear that today. It was nice. We had a, we had a wedding for some friends and saw some other friends Went and toured a little town we've never been to before, and then saw some more friends at the end, and then flew back as quickly as we could. <laughs> it was kind of a whirlwind. Just it sounds days. like, gosh, it was just a week, right, or so? T- 10 days. 10 oh, 10 days. days. I feel so, like 10 days is about the shortest you can do for Europe. So for our German uh, listeners, where were you in Germany? I went to a town called Regensburg, and mm-hmm. it's in Bavaria, and yeah. it's northeast of Munich. Beautiful medieval town, um, college town, and we were there for the first half, went to the wedding in, the, in a nearby town, and then we ended up in Rotenburg, up der Tauber, which was a recommendation from a friend. I've actually never been there. Um, pretty touristy, I think, normally for Americans, but it was very dead because they're coming out of COVID, and it's sort of be- the before the season, but fully intact, medieval town, kind of in the Franconia area of Bavaria. It was very beautiful. Um, and well, that's awesome because Rick Steves has been talking about that town forever. And so it is. Oh my gosh, we saw a Rick Steves like recommended like plaque that said like Rick Steves recommended store. We're like, oh man, we are in like PBS listener nation. Yes. (laughs) What's going on? It was so funny. I'll tell you really, really quickly a funny story about Rick Steves. So I, when I worked at PBS, I had a chance to meet him a few, a bunch of times and really great guy. That's I will awesome. Say, We're really huge Rick Steves fans. I would be so starstruck if I met him. <laughs> so we'll we'll go offline and I'll tell you some stories about him. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I will tell you that what was really funny is when we were in London, um, we went to this one like hotel that he recommended. And so we're at the front desk and I and I said, Yeah, Rick Steves, kind of like making fun of him. And Rick Steves is supposed to be here and blah, blah, blah. And so the <laughs> person behind the desk goes, Oh, yeah, he's gonna be here tomorrow. And like I went like <laughs> no all way. fangirl, and I was like, "Oh my god!" 
that's how I would be. So I'd be like, I'm staying another still- night. I'm going to meet him at the hotel bar. Yeah. We've got to talk. No, and actually it was just a joke. She was just teasing me. Oh. And like my son just laughs at this to this day. Like I was just playing it all cool. And then all of a sudden I heard he was, you know, this, oh she gosh. was suggesting he'll be there tomorrow. It's and then so she was just funny. joking it's with so me. Funny. And then it was like, I went total fangirl and I was like an idiot. Oh my so gosh. yeah. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is, though? Every German that we talked to, like at the wedding or tell them we were going and stuff, none of them had been to Rotenberg. None of them. It's so funny. It he is. Just, yeah, it is. It is really funny. It's quite like I said, it's quite the touristy destination just because of his. Yeah, he's been writing was, about her. For but it's years, surprising because so. it's beautiful. I mean, it's it crazy to me that so many Germans haven't seen it. And it's just unbelievable. I was really impressed by it. Maybe they're scared off. I don't know. So, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, don't know. They have other um, we do have a guest for, for, for today. So Ethel Lazarde, um, Gonzalez, Z- Lazarte. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm probably butchering it. So forgive me. Um, so Ethel is here from Peruvian immersion. And, um, so we're going to go to a different country now. So this is the travel blog. I mean, yeah, that's what we should talk about the travel podcast. Yeah. (laughs) But we're going to talk about Peruvian immersion and it's a really unique program because you, um, were part of the E for all pitch and you were recipient recipient of an E for all grant, uh, for this business. And I have to tell you online, your website presence is awesome. So, um, can you, Ethel, can you describe a little bit about yourself and like, and then go into Peruvian immersion? Like, why uh, did you create this? Yes. And thank you first for the invitation. And yeah, my name is Ethel Lazarte Gonzalez. I am Peruvian. And I have always been really amazed about the culture of my country. And I was always looking for a way to share my roots. Um, with everybody that I could. But it wasn't until I started to be a Spanish interpreter, medical interpreter here in Colorado, that I realized that there is a really big necessity to speak Spanish in mostly the medical community. So that's when I decided to open this Peruvian immersion organization company that we personalize Spanish immersion programs that are well-rounded and they are unique that for students in any health career to go to Peru and do these immersion programs. So that's wonderful. I mean, I I actually just think it's so amazing that you're you're helping not only the medical field but anybody who really wants to learn Spanish and in a quick time frame it sounds like, correct? It is. It is correct. Yeah. Yes. And how how quick a time frame are you are you talking about? It could be 15 days, 21 days, it could be a month, or it could be more than that. Right now, I'm working through uh, universities, through agreements. So the university will make their own plan, and then I will just present the proposal, and they can stay as long as they want with their students, with the faculty uh, there in Peru, because we do um, health fairs as well. Oh, wow. And so is it specific? Is, is the, obviously the Spanish you're, you're going to learn, is it specific to like, to medical or is it conversational both? Or is it, can you describe that a little bit? It is both because, you know, like to, and they're not, um, you know, it could be like many people that are just beginners in Spanish. So you have to learn first like the basics of Spanish to be able to go into the medical. And they're not going to be using a lot of like medical terms, either talking with a patient, right? Same as in English. 
So um, we try to like um, them to have these Spanish classes. So they are going to be able to talk with their patients in Peru and then like be practicing more their Spanish because it takes years to learn a language. Yeah. So what um, can you talk to us about cost, like what it what it costs and for the program and uh, how do people find out about your website or find out about learning a little bit more? We're, we're into shameless plugs here, so we're, we're totally fine. Yes, my website is www.peruvianimmersion.com. And I personalize immersion programs for, for universities. So every single program, it will be a little bit different yeah. because the, um, um, in terms of the price, because some of the universities, they would like to stay in a home with a family, or some of them will like to stay in a clinic or some of them would like to stay in a whole house and rent the whole house. So it really depends on like how long they're staying because some of them would like to go to Machu Picchu as well. So we offer that as well. So it's totally personalized for like every single university or institution organization that we're working with. Fantastic. And then we were talking off air that you're planning a trip. Uh, do you escort Everybody in the immersion program yourself, or is that you have other people that help with that? I have, um, I work with a lot of people in Peru. I work with like, you know, like the directors and like the school of the classes and the families and the, everybody that is connected uh, through Peruvian immersion, but it's only myself uh, for this company. So I do a score every single group because this is my baby and this is my passion. <laughs> <laughs> what, Absolutely um, understood. Go ahead, Annie. Inst- I was curious, like, what local institutions are you working with or programs around here? Arrow, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I work with Project Cure, that it's a nonprofit organization that gives uh, supplies, medical supplies for like a really low cost. Okay. And we try to bring those uh, supplies for our health fairs. Okay. And so, where are you recruiting students to come? be part of the program that are from around Colorado? I guess I'm going to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. Uh, can you say the question again? Excuse me. Well, you said that you partner with like universities and institutions to recruit the students to go to Peru. So are you recruiting students around here with some local institutions? I am recruiting students from like every, any university from United States. Okay. So like okay. right now I have partnerships with some universities in Arizona in Iowa, and I don't have any yet in Colorado. Ah, okay. But oh. I do have other partnerships mm. in other states. Well, Colorado okay. needs to get going here. What? The, what I the know. Heck? We yeah. could use it too. Front Range Community College, right here in Longmont. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what? Um, so Ethel, you you started this. Did you always dream of like creating a business, or was this something you just thought because of your passion and your your heritage of, of being Peruvian, was this something you just wanted to do? You wanted to demonstrate and show off your country to other people? Or was it was it something you always wanted to do as far as starting a business? I believe it was always a dream of mine to start a business and to work for something that is my passion. I remember also when I was little, when I was a little girl, my, my family... I have, my father is a doctor, my sister is a doctor, and I have other family members that are in the medical field. 
And mostly I do remember my father going to these health fairs and starting these uh, groups of health providers that they go and provide health for free to like really underserved areas. And I was going just with them, like just and just to see all these um, uh, support to the community. Uh, it was just really, um, it was really fulfilling. So that's one of other parts that I have in Peruvian immersion. Uh, Peruvian immersion is not only like cultural experience and also language experience, but is as well trying to help the people that are underserved. I, I think that's really extremely noble too. It's not just, so I don't want it to like, I didn't want to reduce, reduce it down to like, Hey, it's a quick immersion program, but there's more cultural exchange. There's more conversation. There's more understanding. And I think that's extremely noble of you. Thank you. And I think that's the heart of my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you've obviously taken on that legacy. So that's great. Um, I do want to shift a little bit of gears here and just, if you could talk about Peru and why why people should either go to Peru or should learn more about the culture, what what would you say to that? Yes, well, um, Peru is a land where the Incas culture was born, so it has a lot of like history and uh, a lot of different culture, folklore, dances, food, and also like Spanish people coming to the country and also uh, people from Africa and free from, from Asia. So we have a lot of like influence from like other cultures that it is uh, shown in our food, in our music, in our festivities. So I will say to people that if you haven't visited Peru, uh, you're missing out. It's a country that is full of beautiful places to see we have coast we have the the highlands we have the jungle so we have like everything for everybody and then we have a lot of like different foods i know that peru is has been considering a place to go just because of the gastronomic part mm -hmm. of peru. Mm. I, and you know we talk often about restaurants here and i have to tell you that we're extremely proud in longmont to have this amazing peruvian restaurant here in town called rosario's mm. and it is fabulous and so the first time i went there which was a few years back I was mystified by the fact that there seemed to be Japanese influences and or Asian influences oh, on the food. It was so odd to me, mm, but you mm. kind of just said that that makes sense given what you were talking about culturally speaking for the for the country itself. So it's really it's really fascinating. So interesting. Yeah. So what, what is your favorite Peruvian dish? Oof, there is so many, but if I have to choose something. It will be anticucho. Anticucho is beef heart on a stick grilled okay. with a potato. <laughs> yeah. How is it cooked? Is it grilled? Grilled. Ooh, that sounds It's hearty. grilled with a lot of like spices. And I also love ceviche. I know that there is like ceviche everywhere that you find a coast, but like in every single place, the ceviche is totally different. How so what, say, what is a Peruvian ceviche? The Peruvian ceviche has ginger, and now uh, we yeah we have we have we put garlic as well, and we serve it with sweet potato and lettuce, mm. and we put on top some onions that are the red onions raw on top. 
And we use an ají that is kind of like a chili, but it's an ají amarillo, a yellow chili that is specifically for Peru. And we use it in a lot of dishes. So that's one of like the ingredients, the main Is that a particularly hot chili? It is. And it's flavorful too. So mm. it's not like crazy spicy. It's just really flavorful. And that to me nice. speaks to the uniqueness. I mean, using ginger in a ceviche, that's pretty cool. So... Yeah. Yes, Just, it gets it gives a different flavor. Yeah. yeah. So there is this thing called a papa riana, I think is what they call it at Rosario. So it's like a potato stuff. Papa rellena. Thank you. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, um, but it's like ground beef with Peruvian spices and salsa. Oh, it's amazing. So the food yes. again. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Rosario's, but uh, since we were talking about Peru, I did have to mention that here in town. No, and absolutely, because also one of the um, activities that we do is like we do tourism in through a Peruvian immersion, and we have some cooking classes with a chef that is local. So they can go to the market and then see the different products that we have and a whole line of potatoes that we have mm. as well and fruit and, you know, vegetables, different things that probably a person that hasn't been improved haven't seen in their lives just because they're so unique from the area, right? So that's one of the activities, one of the really um, good things that we do as well in Peruvian immersion, like try to explore as much as we can of the food. Well, I think, again, kind of going back to the you're talking about your father and just, you know, breaking bread and sharing culture. And I just think that just speaks to the whole effort. Again, it's not like let's rush you on a plane and stick you in a room and you get to learn Spanish all day long. You're you're really showing and reflecting the culture and showing people how magnificent Peru is. So that's really cool. Yes, I, I really love my country. I, I have been living here in the United States for like 20 something years. This is my second home, but uh, I'm native from Peru. And yeah. so the, 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 my roots are like really, really deep. <laughs> so we'll let you, we'll let you go here in a bit, but I wanted to ask you, what do you see as the next step for Peruvian immersion? What, what's the, where do you see the, the company going? I wanted to grow, to have like more partnerships with different universities, but I wanted to grow to the point that I want everybody to have the great experience. I don't want it to be like a really massive uh, company to lose that uh, scouting and that um, that main mission that I have for the company. So that's what I'm looking for, like to try to have partnerships with the universities or organizations um, and bring them the best experience of their lives. Well, again, I, I say that's really noble, and um, you uh, said it was your baby. So I can imagine that you're going to really take care of it as it grows, and uh, we wish you every success. So thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Thank you very much. Muchas gracias. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. All right. That was Ethel Lazarte uh, Gonzalez and joining us from Peruvian Immersion. Again, it's PeruvianImmersion.com. If you want to find out more information about the program itself, the company, their programs, prices, uh, everything else. And they even have like a contact sheet and some other stuff too as well. You can look at the website and find out more information. But sounds like a great adventure, doesn't it, Annie? Yeah, totally. I've yeah. never been to Peru. Have you? No, I haven't at all. And um, like I said, I mean, 
the closest I've been to Peru is Rosario's. So, I mean, to me, <laughs> that's pretty exciting, but that I think probably that, honestly, doesn't do justice. Have you been like, there your, before? N- no, no. But oh, I was going to say, with your love of Peru, of, of Rosario's, I feel like this needs to be added to your bucket list. <laughs> you know, I really don't believe in bucket lists. So, anyway. You yeah. don't? Why no, not? No, I just think it's a weird expression. I just think I it's mean, totally o- weird. Okay, fine. Change the expression. Like, add it to something you'd like to do. It's oh, the absolutely. same yeah. thing as saying, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, know. I don't. I mean, feel what like bucket I, you know, list is like? What the things I do before I die or something? What, what, how would you? Even yeah, define? I mean, that's kind of what everybody talks about. It's like you know, right. so you know, I'd I mean, probably on that yeah. bucket list, I'd probably want to find out. You know, like I don't know, world peace, and that'd probably be a bucket list thing more greater <laughs> than my travel experience. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Hopes and hopes and desires. There you go. Eric's yeah. Yeah. Not list. So no, I've not been to Peru. I've never. I know. My husband would certainly love to go and um, has some other South America travel goals. I'm, I'm more or Europe oriented myself, but I'm definitely yeah. down to do some more of South America. And that, I mean, Peru, I would love to go to specifically, actually. Yeah, I think next in line, I mean, I was telling um, Ethel offline that, you know, we're going to Portugal. So I'm, I'm excited about that trip. And so she had just been. So that was really exciting to hear her talk about nice. it. And so that was really cool. Um, and uh Gosh, to hear you talk about travel, it just gets me excited. And I know that a lot of people are traveling right now. So it's pretty cool. Man, it was good. It was nice to get back out there. You had to deal with a little bit of COVID stuff still with like airlines. And it's not for, you know, basically just read ahead is what I would recommend to anybody who has to travel internationally <laughs> right now. Because you know, we're, we're not out of the woods yet. There's still a lot of restrictions. You got to just what be we aware. just recommend reading. I mean, isn't that a good thing anyway? So, I would, yeah. I would, I would recommend that too. Yeah, and and yeah. then if you've been reading, read some more. And then That's after right. that, read some more after that. Read some more after that. I would yeah. recommend double, triple checking all your, because we had a couple hairy moments where we almost didn't go and almost didn't make it back. But if you just read carefully, <laughs> you can avoid <laughs> some stress. <laughs> Hey, um, switching gears. So I wanted to thank you again for, gosh, I want to say it was a few weeks ago. You were just like, you just said something like, Eric, have you planted your tomato seeds? And at that time I hadn't, and I was like freaking out going, oh my God. And so I did, and I've got tons of tomato plants. Wow. And so I've been giving those away left and right to people, Yay, you know, planting awesome. other things in my garden. So, of course, if you want tomato plants, you're certainly welcome to. But um, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I saw that. Speaking but, of gardening uh, stuff, you uh, want to hear a story from today? Yeah. We absolutely. have these, uh, we've got some beehives in our backyard, and they, um, they be, they're actually maintained by a a, bee, a local beekeeper, which is mm-hmm. really cool. He kind of puts them around. We should have him on the show sometime. Actually, it's interesting. He puts his hives all over the county. And um, anyway, he hasn't been out for a minute, and this hive got pretty full. And as it happens, when you get a pretty full hive, what happens is another queen comes around. They make another queen, and then half of the hive there's like a mass exodus is what they do. So then they swarm, and so that's how you end up get like a big swarm, and they exit the hive and. If you're lucky, the swarm is somewhere accessible and you can recapture it and put it back into a box. And if you're unlucky, which is most of the time, it goes way, way up high into a tree somewhere where you can't. And you can just get your binoculars out and see this big, like, big bulge of a Massive thing somewhere bees. on a tree. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. huge. Anyway, our um, our hive swarmed today. So we lost. And they actually went to a pretty convenient spot on an apple tree that's accessible, but we just weren't, we couldn't get it. And the dean, he, he couldn't come out and get it. So anyway, we lost half of our hive this morning, which was pretty bummer. But it also means that the hive was pretty full and the bees are finding plenty of pollen and getting to work. 
So that's very cool. So what happens? Like, does the other, does the swarm like move on and find a place to live and they just yeah. continue on? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I often like read about it or see it in the news where somebody had to go rescue a swarm or something right. like that and do something Exactly. Like so they go find a spot somewhere and maybe someone down the line will end up calling a beekeeper because my swarm will end up somewhere on their So property. dumb question for you now, if you were able to retrieve the swarm, could you have those two bees colonies with two queens live harmoniously? No. no. You would okay. have to put it in a different box. Okay. And so ideally you have another box that's like empty, ready to go. And you, and we did it. We have, it happened last year and our friend came in a kind of crazy video where he went and was able to like get the whole swarm on a branch and he just took that branch and like no protection, nothing at all. Just like slowly walked over to an empty box and went and like the, the whole thing just whipped it down into the box and all the bees fell down off of this tree, went in there and then he just gently closed it. And then they got to work and started their little, their little, so I, what, guess, so I feel like I'm going to interview you now. So like what propelled <laughs> you to like do this? So did you just bees? say, hey, we want to keep bees or? Oh, and yeah. It's a no brainer. It's for the garden, for all the flowers, for the pollination. I mean, for us, it's such a treat, such an awesome to have bees, even if we don't. I mean, the honey's not for us. We can buy back our honey like at a discount because we host the bees. So it's a kind of a cool like setup for us because bees are, as everyone knows, just impossible. They're so hard to keep alive. And even yeah. this guy who's the proest of the pros, you know, he loses hives all the time and they die yeah. and getting through the winter is really hard. So I'm very happy to not be in charge of their health, but to benefit from the pollination. Yeah. I think that's really cool to say, like, I, I've never heard of like a land lease program for bees. Totally. <laughs> that's exactly cool. what it is. That's really, that's really cool. So and yeah, because I don't really want to even take care of them, but I don't mind yeah. if they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a perfect setup. It's so ideal. And it, and then for him, he likes the diversity of pollen that he gets and the diversity of whatever, if the bees are afflicted on something here, then the whole, all the rest of his bees aren't affected and he can, um, just get lost of and in our case like he when he brought the bees he wanted to test it for a while to see really how much pollen was around if there's a lot of competition with other bees and you can tell by how fast they're filling up their hives and of course it filled up quickly because there apparently weren't that so it's obviously we needed bees which is great so what did you have to go through any process as far as making sure your neighbors were cool with that or was there anything no. involved with that? Okay. No, you just put them back there. No, oh, I mean, right. I, all cool. of our neighbors are happy to have them for sure. Yeah. And our next door neighbors had some hives too. And so we weren't sure if there would be enough pollen for all of them. And it was, it was no problem. Oh, very cool. So, so what, um, does the, I'm guessing that the bee wrangler, whatever you call the bee person is I'm sure that there's a technical scientific term for somebody a who takes care of bees. Yeah, I know I there is no actually. Idea what what is, it is. It's I'm embarrassed Latin to say, then. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know, know what it is, crazy. but then I take it that they're out there, you know, collecting the, the honey and then they're selling it somewhere. Is this person have an accessible yeah. place to buy it or he does it's Dean and I'm forgetting what his it's, um, mm. What's the name of his honey? He has it all over the place. Um, I'll come up with it before we end this. Oh, I'll no worries. I'm, I'm just going to let you struggle here. You know, I'd like, I, know, I like right? dead air. Well, that's a, that's a fun well, time. So, yeah. <laughs> First of all, an apiarist, apiarist, apiarist. Is yes. There you, go. Person? Yeah. there you go. There you go. And, um, son of a gun. I can't remember the name of his, his honey, but it'll come to me at some point. And, uh, oh, no he, worries. He has his, um, apiary out near, uh, it's like out near 36 and Nelson road kind of. 
I do want to tell our audience, you know, how, how kind I was to not let you twist. Like Brady would let me twist and I'd just be sitting there and he'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah. I want to talk more about Germany and my time there. Um, yeah. So we try to fill in, we try to help each other out. So yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. It's funny. Um, I know I'm trying to Google it right now. Nimbus road apiary. I think that's what it is. Oh, okay. Cool. Dean Chapla. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nice. Yep. Good bees. Nice. Yeah, they're awesome. If you so, if yeah. you're really nice to me, you might get some honey from me for, for Christmas because we we it's our like go to uh, gift for anything. There, it's awesome. It's right from our backyard. It's so cool. That is really cool. So yeah. Anyway, um, but gardening is in full bloom. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> and you know here it's hot and it's crazy and you know just too hot today. But anyway, I just so wanted to thank hot. you again for kind of getting me off my backside and getting me to like engage in my garden. Oh no, just like geez, the, that's the good to hear. The time was just coming was so little... quickly and I was like, crap, I got to do all this stuff. So yeah. <laughs> that's good. Uh, did you do a lot of varieties of your, um, plant of, of tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Like what varieties did you do? I didn't. Yeah. So I've got 12 and I'm not going to go through them right now, but yeah. So probably <laughs> maybe 14. a favorite, actually 14. So yeah. So there was one that I created, um, myself. So it nice. was, it, it actually just, kind of oddly just created itself in the backyard. And so it's a really pretty neat variety. And there's one called Zagolo, which is a Polish variety, but this one is smaller and it's more like ping pong ball size. So it's cool. People seem to really like it. I like the taste and it, it's pretty prolific. So that's pretty good. Okay. Sign me up. I want some. Okay. One of these days I will, yeah, I've been told I should go somewhere and, you know, and kind of not market it, but tell the seed savers and other people like, Hey, this, this is a variety where you grow it out and you can get, yeah. you can get it named and that sort of thing. And yeah, definitely. So that'd be kind of fun. But, uh, yeah. Nice. So I'll just trademark it and make sure that, it, you know, people pay me gobs of money to do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you can't trademark it because there is no genetic modification there. It just <laughs> happened itself. So. Well, um, we're not worried since you don't have much of a bucket list, you know? Yes. <laughs> just enjoy life. That's my motto. So, you know, just enjoy those moments. Um, so I have to tell you, I went on Craigslist because I got this box of rocks in my garage. You know, I've been okay. looking through some stuff Wait, and I'm like, you just have a box of rocks. Yeah. My garage? son and okay. I like, like collected I mean, rocks years and years ago, like collect okay. rocks. And he okay. was really into rocks for a while. Yep. The poor, the I poor boy this. was looking for something kind of cool to do. And he got, went, what was Nerf guns for a while. And then it was games and, you know, later on life and, you know, it was rocks before that. And, okay. you know, and, did the, you know. did the rock love like carry on? Is he still a rock hound? No, no okay. he's not a All geologist. Right. He stays away from science. You know, he is he's more of a liberal <laughs> arts major and that sort of thing. So, um, but you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, I got this gigantic box of rocks. Like, what should we do with it? And he goes, I don't really care. So, um, I've been like going, what the heck do I do with this? I'm 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 not one to like throw geodes in my my garden. That just is so weird. It's like, oh yeah, there's bizarre <laughs> rocks that don't belong here. What are they here for? So um so anyway, I went on Craigslist and I'm like, hey, box of rocks. Nobody has gotten back to me. Oh <laughs> man. Really I, well, it was like 20 bucks or something like that. I mean, I probably you could so, do you were trying free. to get money from this? Oh my God, free? They're like, these are like, these are like, they're expensive rocks. I mean, they're just like, it costs a lot. I mean, seriously, if you bought this, you'd be like probably $200 worth of rocks. I mean, it just cracks me up. But that being said, yes, I probably could do it for free, but I'm okay. like, yeah. well, you, you know, if you do it for free, buyer. then you know, then you know, you're the Craigslist killer, I think. So <laughs> charging something gives you some sort of credence for right, it. Right, right, so, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you might have a buyer from someone in, in this household because we have 
we have a lot of rocks around. Well, if you don't want to buy her, I will be negotiating with you to just take the box of rocks. So I don't want them. I really no. You do. You do because no. I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, when you're little, it gives you like joy to look at these rocks. It's really cool. I mean, even even I kind of geek out about some of these rocks. I'm like, this is really cool. But after a while, you're like, okay, so these are just kind of collecting dust on a shelf. Yeah. Or maybe they can give somebody else joy. So I'm going to do the Marie Kondo thing. It doesn't oh, give me joy, uh-huh. so I'm going to give it to somebody else. People don't know who's, the reference. This is this woman who like spark. tells people to get rid of their clutter, and yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't give me joy anymore. I want somebody else to have joy with it. So yeah, I did yeah. really well with the Marie Kondo until I got to paper. That was that was my hardship. I have way too many. I still paper is apparently my Achilles heel of organization. It's just a mess. I have so many papers. I don't know what to do with papers. What do you do with papers? What do you do with all these? bank statements and these terrible old checks that you've deposited and stuff. I mean, I guess there's the shred days. Maybe we need to look up Longmont shred days. Well, wait a minute. Up. First of all, I have to ask you like bank statement, you're printing out your bank statements or they're mailing no, it to you. And they still get them mailed to me. And like, I have a friend that's like, kind of like beat it into me that you should get them always like always have paper statements. Cause you shouldn't trust, you know, the digital and Is this that and that. Is that friend 95 years old? <laughs> no, that's the funny thing. Not at all. So I still get these, but I really should stop. I seriously yes. should stop. This yes. is like Trying embarrassing. Trying to save the planet. That will be our intervention know, for the day. Yeah. <laughs> this is my Achilles heel right here. As far as paper. Oh, post-its. Yeah. Post-its. Post-it notes. Yeah. They're all Why? over. Would you make too all many? over my all over my. Do they desk actually right help now. you? Do they help you remember things? Yes, they do, but they become a nuisance after a while because they just like seem to like have babies, and then it becomes <laughs> annoying. And then yeah, so after a while, <laughs> then I turn to a legal pad where I have to organize my thoughts. I'm looking for an alternative to a legal pad because oh. I'll put these things down and then I'll go back to the legal pad, cross them off. And so for me, I'm like, you know, I'm pretty much digital and everything else. I'm not right. sure why I'm still clinging right. to this legal pad. So sometimes but, it's like nice to just write. Yeah. Your but please tell notes. me that you don't have stacks of newspapers or old time magazines in your house that you're just holding. No, up. no. Mostly we just have rocks. Lots okay. of rocks. <laughs> you need more rocks. <laughs> I'm telling you, tell you. Like, I've been on the Pinterest boards figuring out how to organize rocks because we have so many. <laughs> this is a thing. And, and I will. Yeah, I know. It, it's there is. I don't know what the solution is. It's kind of like the I, pottery I thing we talked about last right. week or two weeks ago. It's like all these pottery things. And I'm like, like I said, I'm going to smash them and make a mosaic out of them. To me, that seems like <laughs> a good solution instead of like just throwing them away or just, you know, because it's like. It's hard. It's like, oh, your kids made this. And it's like, I don't want to just, you know, and they're going to not belong in my garden either. I'm not going to throw like a pottery mug out my garden and say, oh, that gives me joy. It's my kids mug from 1998, you know? So, yeah. Well, I wish you luck on the rock purge. Um, Well, I think you're going to come over and get those rocks. You know, (laughs) you were definitely getting those rocks rocks (laughs) because hopefully your kids will hear about how I have a giant tub of free rocks and you'll want to come over. Um, I also have an old Victrola that's a portable and I'm trying to get rid of that. Nobody else wants that either, but that's just, you know, it's so antiquated. It's from the twenties or thirties. And it's just like, I have had it forever, fixed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, um, nobody wants antiques. Nobody young wants anything. I know. Antique-y. I know. So, I know. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. one of these days. So. Well, shifting gears, I would yeah. be remiss not to bring up at least one cannabis topic 
uh, for the week since we t- like to bring it up every week. And you guys didn't last week. I was kind of disappointed. Like we missed oh, our, our streak bummer. was over. Yeah. But I wanted to highlight a company in Longmont that was um, recently acquired for $14 million, which was exciting, which is CFH. It's a hemp company. Mm-hmm. And they make, you know, salves and all kinds of whatever they do. They have a ton of like CBD products, edibles and gels and tinctures and whatnot. And they're for here, right here in Longmont. And they were bought out by a Canadian company, Simply Better Brands. Um to be acquired for $14.3 million. So wow. I just wanted to say congratulations. And yeah, that is, exactly. That's a big win for a company yeah. right here in town. Yeah. Speaking of local companies too, I know you go to Miko Coffee every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't you know if you'd noticed this moose. I haven't moose, been there in a minute. Uh, this moose, I want to say tracks, but that's not what it is. But Shane, one of the co-owners of the yeah. company, said that his sister does this food product stuff and we should have okay. her on the show because oh. she is freeze drying skittles and freeze drying jolly ranchers and so the jolly ranchers if people are familiar, trying it's to understand little rectangular candy yeah. hard candy yeah. if you yeah. freeze dry it it becomes this balloon and what? it becomes all like crunchy and it's really cool i can't even imagine that that sounds so interesting it's so good and okay. so and she's doing my it in daughter long or my, what? my daughter and my wife really love the skittles but okay. I, I had too many Skittles in high school, so I can't eat them because it makes me want to throw up. <laughs> oh, so, no. but you know, they were good too. They're just, okay. it's just different. It's not gooey. It's just crunchy. It's weird. It's just weird. There's like, it's just food technology, all this weird stuff yeah. you can do now with the food, like the, the, the bar that you had or whatever. What was that? Freeze dry. What was that? The ice cream that was. Oh yes. That, the like, freeze dried from bar. Mico. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant. Wasn't it a freeze dried ice cream bar or something? Yes. Yeah. Anyway. No, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't really know if I need to have that every day, but it was interesting. Um, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Last week, Brady and I talked about kava. Have you ever had kava? Oh yeah, I was hearing about that. Of course, we've definitely had kava. We've got a have kava really, bowl here like at our it? house. Do you like yeah, it? of course, it's awesome. Kava bowls are fun. We bust them out like once. I think my husband does it like once a year for Halloween, <laughs> which is probably like terrible but he does the kava bowl and brings out the teas and pours it because there's a whole ceremony around it and it's like you follow he spent some time in fiji and stuff so we love kava i think the trio the side dish trio needs to go to the yes, kava bar because i looked great. at that place and it was pretty hipster i mean if you look yeah. at it online yeah and i'm yeah, like yeah. wow i mean we could just go there anytime in the afternoon i mean they're open from like noon to two in the morning should or something we, like should that we broadcast so. live from the kava bar <laughs> Is the truth elixir, the kava bar. You never know what will happen. That's right. But, you know, I mean, non-alcoholic, right? There's nothing. Yeah, yeah. But it. it's yeah. come from the kava, what is it, the plant, right? And so it's got a little bit of like a buzzy, there's a little something there. It's okay. very relaxing. Kind of the kombucha of, of the, the new, the kind of the cool. new kombucha. Yeah. Yeah. Sort yeah. of, kind of. Totally. Exactly. Were you a kombucha, kombucha. person? You know, I had a phase when it first came out way back in the day, like out of college, I was working uh, at the vitamin cottage in Boulder and it was like kind of when kombucha was blowing up and I would have one like on my break, you know, and it was so, I mean, it was really relaxing. It was like very fleeting, very momentary, but it was a nice little relaxing drink, felt good on the gut and then to get back going, it was perfect. But no, I, it didn't last long I, for me. I tried several times and I think Brady and I have discussed it ad, ad nauseum on the podcast. And <laughs> I said, really, you could just take like, if you went and got Minute Maid orange juice 
frozen concentrate. They don't really <laughs> okay. make this anymore. But when yeah. I was a kid, I mean, I frozen concentrate, those, those juices, totally. frozen orange juice concentrate yeah. was like everywhere. Yeah, we got them all. Lemonade, it. orange yeah. juice, grape juice. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you go get that. And if you just made that and then let it sit in your refrigerator for maybe a month, then try to drink that <laughs> like my mother would force us to do, you have kombucha. Oh, come and on. They're not that bad. <laughs> oh, I no, seriously. When I tasted it, I was like, it reminds me of my mother's expired orange juice <laughs> the, in the, the fridge. The flavors yeah. matter. You got to get the right flavor. For I sure. tried. And I've they're tried. really good for the gut. They really are good for you. <laughs> I've tried. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. All right. So I've got some more buzz. I'm sure you heard. But t- have we talked about how Good Eats closed? No, we talked about the investigation and such. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Good Eats. Sorry. Good forgive eats. me. I thought you meant scrumptious. Forgive me. Oh, no, um, no, no. Yeah. The, good Eats. The breakfast. This is, yeah, yeah. Good Eats. Not yeah. too far yeah. from your neck. We have not. Like, no. Yeah. So they closed on May 8th on Mother's Day. That was their last day. And, they and is that some... the one you're describing on Francis? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Good Eats, they, it's the breakfast place that's yeah. on Francis and 11th, Caddy Corner from the high school. And they've been there for seven, eight years, it looks like. Yeah. So seven and, and a half years. I always felt post. like it kind of struggled, you know, like it never seemed to really catch on. I mean, I think, pretty yeah, good I food. Know. Yeah. This is yeah. my grandpa's go-to spot when he comes into town. So I think he'll be a little bit oh, disappointed for whatever yeah. reason. But yeah, they said... But uh, I, apparently I heard that they were getting ready to open a second location and it was somewhere around the COVID like time, maybe before into COVID and that didn't go through, which they said they were grateful for just considering all the dynamics and yeah. envir- you know, yeah. the environment for this. And then, and then came out with this announcement that they are, that they've closed now, which is sad. I mean, really no, quickly. They made, I know. So, you know, thanks a lot for the good years, good eats. I think I ate there one time. That was <laughs> For me, but, you know, I will say that I, I think the competition is a little stiff over there now. You know, really, you got Garden Gate. So Garden Gate came in, yeah. and it was like I think it was tough for Good Eats to kind of keep but going. It's not really like greasy spoon breakfast. I think of it as like cafe. You know, I, it depends what you get. I've had some really greasy hash browns there, which are good. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, oh. but I think that they do a lot of bizarre omelets. That's the one thing I think of when I think of Garden Gate. They've got some weird omelets. But anyway, traditional breakfast, too, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But kind of speaking about the same area, so Indian Bites is, I noticed that they're looking, they're looking to get their, um, Liquor permit. So that's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Real restaurant with alcohol. That's pretty cool. So what, what goes with, what's the Indian booze? Well, you know, when you go to, um, I'm only thinking of like flavor of India. So usually right. probably if you have Indian food, it's really difficult to think, oh, I'm going to have wine with that. Right. Certainly so they can have red wine. That would be just too weird. Um, just but have like a rice beer? you could, like, yeah, they, I mean like Taj Mahal or, um, some other Indian beer goes really well. Cause it's got this right. weird fruity kind of banana right. flavor and that goes really well. It's pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Just a cut. So through. I'm sure they will have other options too as well. I mean, people also say white wine goes with Indian food really well too. But you know, again, I wouldn't hmm. pick a red. That would just be so weird. A red would be too much. I think yeah. so. Yeah. A white wine would maybe just like cut it. But I was excited by the fact that they're looking to get a liquor permit. To me, it's not going to be like a high school drop and dash. I'm going to right. Get, totally. <laughs> go get totally. Tikka masala chicken or something. Yeah. Go ahead. Have you eaten there yet? Um, no, it's not open yet. So they're oh, just taking out the yet. permit. Okay. So gotcha. again, Indian Bites is just for people to uh, reference. If you remember Loaf and Ladle or um, kind of down the way from from um, 
oh blackjack pizza in that whole area and yeah. Gates grill where it used to be so in the and same isn't there center, like a boba bar there too there now? is indeed yeah so there's a boba tea bar there's also Lou's chinese food um you yeah, know again it's on. quite the kind of restaurant area it's multicultural cuisine it too. is it's kind of neat yeah nice interesting um, now have you hit up urban fields yet because i haven't and i'm so annoyed i want to go so bad well we talked about this i think little last week oh, yeah, is you that did. You had it was had able to taste catered. their pizza and it is mm-hmm. fabulous so good I yeah i need to go yeah. i gotta go this week so i will have to i think we'll have to check it out we'll do a recon so okay. we'll okay. we'll do a recon yeah. and then we'll reconvene report, at the next time we'll yeah report back yeah, yeah exactly yeah. okay very cool all right what yeah. else you got that's all I got. You have anything else? No. School. Right. School's almost out. We got school at the end of uh, let's see, May twenty sixth. This is the last day of school for Saint Rain Valley. So that's coming up super fast, super crazy. I'll be attending track and field day for my son on Friday. Looking forward to that. It's just the end of year stuff. That's that's it. That's really cool. So track and field day is everybody winner. Um, <laughs> I think everyone's you know, been a winner kids, for a long time, Eric. Yeah, this is but, not like you know, a 2022 thing. Which I think is really <laughs> healthy because, you know, back when I was a kid, it was like, oh, you know, get a ribbon, you're a loser, you know, and <laughs> you know, like, you know, run, run two miles in your jeans. And then, uh, <laughs> exactly. You finish exactly. fifth, you're a loser, you know. I know. I was actually putting my son's shoes on today and he, he needs some like new running shoes because they're like, su- they're in such bad shape. And I was try- trying to, force other shoes on him and he looked at me and said mom i cannot run as fast when i wear these you got to put my other shoes on said, oh i'm sorry all right very important dragon field day gotta have the right running shoes we'll have to maybe go get absolutely some i remember my kids used to say oh my gosh my new shoes i can run really fast so exactly it's so funny it's like not something i think about with my shoes i've never been like i need those so i can run fast like priorities of elementary schoolers <laughs> it is it's very cool yeah yeah well, all right. As well, always, well, Annie, thank you so much yeah. for. Let me just being say, I missed Brady. I missed the you, Brady. Duet. You missed you Brady. A lot. Yeah. I do. I miss you know what Brady. I miss? I miss Lucky's. Um, <laughs> channeling for Brady. Well, you know, I feel kind of hurt now that you miss Brady, so I'll just you know. Oh, Eric, pause I would right now and, and miss weep you. into my microphone. Um, as always, we thank Andy <laughs> Epler for our intro music, and thanks to Debbie Cutter music for our send off music. Um, find us on Amazon. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download your pod content. Reach out to us at sidedishlongmon at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you want to correct anything, you know, maybe we were wrong about Good Eats Grill. Maybe we closed three months ago. I'm not it sure, probably closed but... May 8th of last year. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Annie. <laughs> Thank you. 